0: On the Grindhouse Girls podcast, we discuss all things spoopy, scary, and strange. Some content may be disturbing or graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Sidetrack our somewhat holiday unscripted unruly series where we tell you what we've been watching and whether it's worth your time this is the grind has podcast and i'm katie hi i'm Brittany. hey guys katie which is me has a cold that she's getting over, so I'm going to try really hard not to cough into the microphone, but I probably sound really, really deep and low, and I hope it sounds cool and not awful How are you brett
1: i I'm okay um I'm feeling fine like i i I know we say, i say this so often it sounds like a broken record, but I tend not to get sick, knock on wood. Good for you. So I feel bad, like, because this is the time of year I'll hear someone's voice. And I'm like, oh, no, it's deeper. Oh, no, it's higher.
0: <laughs> I, it's not COVID. I took a COVID test. It's not the flu. I've not had a fever. I don't really feel, like, achy or anything like that. But what happened was over Thanksgiving, because we just got uh, done with Thanksgiving, my brother and his girlfriend went on a trip, and they left their two dogs at my parents' house, and they already have another dog. And then, of course, Gizmo was with me. The dogs themselves aren't causing allergies. But three dogs in a house, and they all have, like, shepherd fur, and it picks up everything, every allergen. So, like, my mom started sneezing, and then I started sneezing, and then she got a sinus infection, and then I got a sinus infection. And so it's just been, like, an allergy-induced sinus infection which is normal for me
1: and i know as we get into things that we watch uh this week so a tradition in our household i was telling katie this we always watch love actually yes i know a lot of people don't like this movie i know a lot of people don't that they think it's problematic and maybe in a few spaces it is but i saw it years ago i do like it it's a guilty pleasure but everyone knows there's a scene where Emma Thompson finds out that her husband's cheating oh, on her Joni Mitchell. And they play both sides now by Joni Mitchell and I have that, that album is... by the way. Oh <laughs> the it's so it's so good. That's and both her
0: older version okay So yeah. Joni Mitchell re recorded yes. it for oh, that I album know. and I have that album. It's very different than her original. Both sides now originally is very, like, the tempo's faster, and it's a little more melodic. Yeah, Yeah. melodic. And uh, it's just different, because she re-recorded it, like, 25 years later, and she has a, she's looking at it from another side. (laughs) Ha ha! 'Cause it's both sides now. I think it was like a TikTok that was trending
1: like it's almost been like at the beginning of this year, but I think she was at a festival and she performed it again.
0: She did. After having a stroke, she had a stroke a few years ago, so <sighs> she hadn't been able to perform. I cried. Because I knew that she yeah. had a stroke, and I I thought she was done performing, but she she
1: wasn't. It's, like, incredible, because it's, like, when you think about a song like that, it's, like, she really is, you know, she recorded it, what, in, like, her 20s, and now, like, being a woman, like, 50, 60 years later, it's, like, she really is singing. And there's something so powerful. They use that song in CODA. That's, like, the main song in CODA that she yeah. used too. And there's something so powerful about that song that i cried i cried in love actually when they played it
0: and i cried in coda when she yeah. sung it too that coda made me cry it's not a song but was but the music in the last sequence of breakfast at tiffany's i know oh, there's yeah, a lot the of problem moon river. breakfast at tiffany's but moon river but well, it's not even moon river and moon river is one of my favorite songs i have a precious moments doll like it's a music box doll that my grandmother gave me when i was a baby and I've had it my entire yeah. life. And it plays Moon River. And I've always loved this. Like, it, it's like, I've never been alive when I didn't know that song. And that's a weird thing. But I love it. But it's not even the Moon oh. River music that gets me. It's the bong, bong when she's running to get Kat. Yes. After he, after they have the confrontation in the car and she opens the door. I cry every time. That final sequence just... And then she finds the cat, and then the music swells, and then yes! it, they start I singing it. "Moon River," and I'm just like, ah, I, I just ah, I wish I want to have it. I think that's why I like orange cat. It's a big reason why I like orange cats and Garfield. But so if you haven't watched Breakfast at Tiffany's, I will warn you that Mickey Rooney does yellow oh, face, God, yeah. and it's horrifying. And I'm never going to excuse that. But the rest of the movie is lovely. And fun. And I do like that they use the Moon River in different motifs throughout the entire movie. Like, every song that they play is basically a different version of Moon River. And I love when movies do that. Because, like, oh, it's just, like, a cool composer thing.
1: Did you ever see the movie Love Me If You Dare? I don't think so. It's, uh, oh my god. she She's, like, a huge actress. Marion Cotillard, is that how you pronounce her name? She was, um, she was Couture. Edith Piaf and... Yeah, think, she was Edith Piaf and Lavie Rose and um. But anyway, uh, Love Me If You Dare. Um, it's a great movie, but they use uh Lavie and Rose over Lavian and Rosa over and over again, and they do different arrangements of it throughout the movie. So it's like I hear that song, and even years later, I associate it with that movie. Yeah. And I saw that movie for the first time like fifteen years ago.
0: I love that song. It's a really good song. La Vieille Rose is good. No, a. No, no. No, I have no regrets, but I can't remember how you say it in French. That's the other Edith Piaf song. That's really. Yes, because what was I. I was literally watching a TV
1: show. Was it the Watcher that had that in it? I was literally watching a
0: TV show and they was were playing that, that, that song. in they it. They were playing that in a show that I watched recently, but I yeah. can't remember which one it was. Was it? Was mm-hmm. it Wednesday? Have you watched Wednesday yet? <gasps>
1: that's what it was. It was yeah. Wednesday because it's when she releases her yes into
0: the pool. Yeah, she has that's no regrets. Was, I yeah. was like, that has really smart music in it. Well, I don't know. Well, I guess let's get into it. We both watched Wednesday. Apparently,
1: I've only watched. Okay, I'm not all the way through funny. it. Yet.
0: I'm not. I'm only like I've only watched four the first
1: thirty minutes, of the first episode before I started oh! to fall asleep last night. So yeah, I've
0: only it's worth it.
1: I've only watched the first thirty minutes of the first episode. We will definitely be watching it. What's funny is the only connotation my husband has to the Adams family is the Adams Family musical because our nephew was in it. He did not see the movies. Oh,
0: the musical's okay. The musical yeah. was a little bit of a flop on Broadway apparently. I I was visiting New York when it was in previews and I was talking with some people who had been to previews. The the word on the street was that uh like Nathan Lane, who I love, was apparently like hamming it up way too much and was like pausing for laughs that wasn't there and stuff. Oh. And like they said that was part of it. Cause it had a good cast. I'm blanking on her name, but the girl that played Wednesday is really good and I'm blanking on her name, but she's done a lot of I feel like her last name's Rodriguez or something, but I'm probably misremembering her last name. But she I I'd heard her sing some other songs before and uh she was really good. And they had BB New Earth playing Morticia and Nathan Lane, who should have been good. But I guess I don't know. That was what one person told me. A co- well, no, more than one person. But anyways. But I like the music in it. It's Andrew Lippa, who also did my favorite version of The Wild Party, because there's two musical versions of The Wild Party, which is based on a poem from the about like a tw- like about like the twenties. And like it's a really ugh, I love the Wild Party. But Andrew is a really good composer and I really like the musical. I didn't get to see it though when your nephew was in it. But it's different than I think this is closer to the core Adams family than the musical was. And that's not to knock yeah. the musical. I just think this is a very good homage to it. I also like that they have embraced Jenna Ortega's heritage. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, Gomez Adams should be a Hispanic person. <laughs> and I yeah. mean, I mean, so. I like that they're embracing that. And I think Jenna Ortega was like, it's nice. T- I, she's like, I always wanted to be an actor, but it was hard growing up because, like, I really didn't see myself represented. So I'm I'm really excited to, like, be able to represent Latino actors. And I was like, that's oh, yeah. so lovely. Um, but they've got – so we've got Jenna Ortega – Who we love from X and Jane the Virgin? She was like the little itty bitty baby. Oh, and scream and scream. Gwendolyn Christie. Yes. Hey, oh my gosh. So,
1: Gwendolyn literally said she was like, "This is the only time I ever felt beautiful on film." Oh, she looks gorgeous. It makes me so sad because yeah, she plays Brienne, who's very tomboyish and everything in Game of Thrones, but Brienne is also one of the best characters on GOT. I will fight you. But with that being said, Gwendolyn's actually a model, and I think a yeah. lot of people forget about that. But I mean, she's
0: gorgeous, she's, and
1: she's a tall, gorgeous woman.
0: She is. I I think she's she looks fantastic. But it really the they dress her very well in this. Like her character dresses very well, and it's just very complimentary to her style. Like it fits her very well. Um, mm-hmm. we've also got Ricky Lindholm, who I like. She's she does. She was in uh, Wolf of Snow Hollow. Um, she's yeah. in it as well. Catherine Zeta-Jones. Uh, Louis, is it Louis Guzman? I'm not is playing sure, Gomez, But you know him. Like, he's one of those people, like, you see his face and you know that person. You're like, oh, I know that face. Um, who, they are apparently the oldest people to play Morticia and Gomez. But I don't think they look that old, honestly. But he's, like, in his, he might be almost 70 now. I think he's in his 60s. Really? He and looks Catherine really And Catherine Zeta-Jones is 55. Yeah. I mean, they both look great, and I think they're both doing a really good job, but I was like, oh, that's interesting, because I didn't really, I don't know, some people just stay the same age in my brain. Yeah. And he's, he they're both one of those people that I'm like, I haven't really aged that much. And then also Christina Ricci is a, as a is a part in this as well. So it's nice. So we got the, not the original Wednesday, but the 90s Wednesday that we all got know and love. Yeah. You know, we're. She's like, Wednesday's at that special age where the girls only want to talk about one thing. Boys, homicide. I know, classic classic movie. Um, but it's a great homage. It's a great little modernization of it. I think Me it too. just broke
1: Netflix record for the most watched in a single week too, because I think it surpassed
0: Stranger Things season 4. I'm a little confused insane. why they didn't release it in October. But I also feel like there is a whole thing with pilgrims in it. There's like a, the the town that the school that she goes to has a pilgrim village i
1: also wonder if like they were afraid because so many halloweeny-ish things get released in october maybe they didn't want competition and they knew if they dropped it right now there was not going to be a lot of competition for it it's
0: probably also they were like well we have enough october stuff coming out we need something for november to boost our ratings for november which is fine i just like i really wanted to watch it in october and i was like what do you mean not coming out till november The late late November, what the hell. But it's good. I haven't finished it yet, but I've gotten like over halfway through it. I really like it. Oh, that's awesome.
1: I mean, we'll have to continue watching it because that's the thing. So I know like a couple weeks ago, you're like, I finished the Watcher. I'm like, oh, fuck. We're only on the first episode, but we did finish the Watcher.
0: Did so, you, How did you feel about the ending of that?
1: I... Okay, so... Warning. Trigger warning. I really hate that animals die. That was but awful. I hate it. I hate that it happened twice in the series. But with that being said, I like the... I do like the dynamics of it and how it kept you guessing. I really do like that aspect. And it did get me curious enough that I did read the Cut article in the New Yorker about it afterwards. Just to kind of see how it really was. I mean... A lot of the crazy shit that happened the show happened. They just dramatized it, essentially.
0: The letters are real. Yeah, I got... Stephanie Harlow did a deep dive of The Watcher House a couple Halloweens ago. And I listened to... I watched her YouTube videos about it. And I was like, what the hell? It's nice when there's a true crime where no one gets brutally murdered. Yeah. Like, it's just a little... Like, because I find it fascinating. But it wasn't really, like, a crime crime. It was just that. So, I like how they... I think... I don't know. I was talking to somebody else. like, oh, that sh- series was so stupid. I was like, I... I view it more like... It's kind of like Gone Girl. Like, pulpy. Trashy. It was yeah. like a trash... Trashy thing. Like, they over-dramatize it. Yes. But nobody got murdered in the original Watcher House. Like, the actual thing. So, for me, I'm like, I am fine with that. If the family's okay yeah. with it and nobody got murdered, like, okay, that's fine. But it's like when people... Actually got murdered where I'm like, yeah, you don't need to be this out of the box here. But I feel like it was fine for this story. Although, again, I really hope they paid the family, but probably not. It's
1: really... So, I think they actually... This is interesting. So, I think I was reading somewhere... Where they were the the original owner and it was the wife and her name wasn't Braddock but it's a name that does begin with a B like Braddus Braddus or something like that B R O A D D E U S but they were like even with the show we haven't we haven't recouped our money so they did say that so I don't know if there was like a small profit game from the show or how that worked because obviously. As me and Katie have discussed before, the big controversy about the Dahmer series was none of the victims' families were paid. Yeah. For the Dahmer series. But it seems like maybe they were a little bit given something for the Watcher series well, Maybe how I felt they, Maybe it. they
0: sold their story. Because, again, they're still alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's different when someone's dead because, like, who really gets the rights to your life when you're dead? Yeah. I don't think your family even technically does unless you write it down in your contract. And if you're a murder victim... Then you probably didn't expect yeah. to be murdered, so you probably didn't make those arrangements, you know? It's very interesting, too, because, so, The Watcher, it was
1: designed to be a limited series, but they are working on season two. Oh, no. Don't, I don't want yeah, that. I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work. And then, I think we've talked about this before, Mm-mm. but the
0: monster series with Dahmer, so they are going to do different gonna... serial killers. I knew that was going to. I can understand. I don't want another Watcher series because it was a nice little mini series. I know. I
1: like, I'm starting to get more and more into the point where I like limited series better, yeah, I me think, too. than
0: actual TV series. So just, just tie that up with a nice little bow. Let it go. Mm-hmm. You know, what were two really great mini series? Because HBO does this well. Mayor of Easttown. Fantastic. Mini series. What was it? Like 10 episodes? Okay, good. We're done. Uh, the Outsider. Also, fantastic.
1: Oh, was so fantastic. Good.
0: Also, our friend Zach was in the background of one of those episodes.
1: Okay, I love other that. great limited series that HBO has done: Watchmen. Watchmen. One of the best series I've ever seen, but I will never fucking watch again. Chernobyl. I
0: Chernobyl was still haven't watched it because it was brilliant. just so gut wrenching. I need to yeah, finish it. Yeah, it was.
1: It was brilliant, but I will never watch it again. Also,
0: Angels in America miniseries.
1: Oh yeah, I forgot. Now that's actually almost twenty years old now, isn't no. it? But it's yeah, it's fantastic. It if is he, a good one.
0: It is good.
1: And limited series are where it's at. And especially HBO. Let me tell you, HBO just knows what they're doing.
0: I really they I do love HBO. Except for and just like that. That that's horrendous. But but you know what? It's I even watch a fucking it. guilty pleasure. I do. I
1: watched it. I was like, this is horrible. And yet I streamed the next episode. I don't know what's wrong with but me. But it's a
0: good hate <laughs> watch, too. It's just like, what the fuck are you doing, Brandon? And then everybody got it's- on TikTok and just pretended to be Steve Moranza. Oh, jeez, Miranda. Miranda. This is like, I'm I like, feel really I feel really, really
1: bad for the actor that plays Che because everyone universally I hates Che. I feel and so I bad like for them. the actor. I
0: like it's them a the lot. It's not the actor's fault. I love Sarah Ramirez. Yeah, it's not their fault. It's, it's not... Yeah. They took a job. And Sarah Ramirez, let me just... Yes, they were on Grey's Anatomy for years and they're great on Grey's Anatomy. But also... They were the fucking first Lady of the Lake on Broadway in Monty Python's musical Spamalot. And they are a fucking fantastic singer and comedic actor. So I love seeing them in stuff because I'm like, oh, look, it's like a theater person. I love seeing a theater person be able to cross the genres to do television and movies and all that stuff. I love that. But I feel really bad because I feel like they got put... In a really shitty position. Ooh, you know what else I watched, which was something I had been wanting to watch for a long time, but hadn't? I saw the devil. I saw that was on Hulu and I've wanted to see it. It's, I've wanted to on see Chubi I've heard right about now it for, for years. Free, and I am 99 percent sure that I'm gonna pick that next season. <laughs> I'm
1: just saying. I've been wanting I've been wanting to
0: watch it for years. I've heard about it for years. It holds up it hold, it's good. I really liked it. It's directed by Jiwoon Kim, who also did A Tale of Two Sisters, which I also love now. Oh, good. I, yeah. I found the DVD at Second Charles. Like, I'm like, oh, I like him. But basically, I don't want to give too much away, but basically, it's like a guy's, this, there's a very brutal murder at the beginning of the movie, and it is brutal, and it is relentless, and it's pretty awful, um, but it's also filmed very gorgeously, so it's beautifully brutal. Um, like yeah. the visuals are just, it reminds me a lot. Like the beginning, it's not as slow moving as Memories of Murder, but it's kind of like that kind of visual where, like, there's a lot of like pops of red and color, but it's a, it's a long, it's snowing because it's winter. Yeah. And it's very beautifully shot, but it's very horrific. But, anyways, so this person, this woman is murdered by Choi Min's sixth character, who is Da, da Seo from Old Boy, the main character from Old Boy. And he's playing the bad guy in this one. And basically, her fiancé, who is, like, a Korean Secret Service agent, decides to take justice into his own hands. Also, she's the police chief's daughter. So you've got the police trying to find the guy, but then this guy wants revenge before the police get there. And then the murderer, who's pretty smart, um, and they just have this cat and mouse game throughout, like, the entire movie and it's it's really I heard it was like very violent though it's very violent violent. (laughs) it is very violent and the gore is intense it the emotions are very raw and the action is like relentless but it is very entertaining i would say it the gore might be worse than old boy but not it doesn't happen like well it's pretty bad it's just they show a lot of the violence, but I would say it didn't like I wasn't feeling traumatized by it, but I was like, Ooh. it wasn't as bad as irreversible. Put it that yeah. way, but it 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 that's probably the closest to violence level that it shows. If you could handle irreversible, you can definitely handle this movie. Yeah, and specifically the first scene in irreversible. Yeah. Anyways, I mean it's there's definitely a lot of triggering stuff in it, but it's really well done, and it's. It's not as good as Old Boy. I will say Old oh. Boy still beats me for beats the revenge movie category. I still think Old Boy is the best one that I have seen, but this is probably a very close second and yeah. definitely worth seeing. I
1: just know if Old- I was about to say, you just said you were because you were talking about the scene in Irreversible. I know you are talking about the nightclub scene, and then I was like, I forgot to mention in our episode on Barbarian that that middle scene when we, before we go into the second uh-huh. half reminds me of that scene in Irreversible. That is true. Into, yeah. Yeah. It's just done at a faster rate. So, the violence is there, but you can't, it doesn't, it, it's your brain's processing the catch up because it happens so fast. Yeah. Compared to Irreversible, you're with oh, the but, fire um, hydrant. Um, and but, Yeah. And the music is throbbing too, which is very yeah. disorienting.
0: Thanks a lot, Gaspar.
1: I will say with Irreversible, though, it's one of those movies that I heard so much about over the years that... It's not that the scene wasn't brutal when I watched it, but I had already built it up in my head that I was like, it can't be more brutal than what's been left in my imagination over the years.
0: Speaking of things that um, were built up in your head, uh, I saw Smile. Did, oh, did God, you watch? Yeah. Some? I think, Brittany, you also I watched Smile. I
1: did. I'm one of those people. I was like, I'll totally get Paramount Plus for free for a week if I can see a movie that's okay, a so theater. Okay, so I didn't
0: know it was on Paramount Plus, but I went to see it with someone and it was i mean i had fun seeing it with them but we both hated the movie and and which was good like it uh, i wrote down my thoughts i was okay here are my official thoughts that i wrote down so while the acting is fine and the dialogue is it's fine like the writing is okay there's yeah. so much space in between the, you know, the scares and all. But I can see the scares coming a mile away. It's all jump scares. Yeah. There was the only one that was actually creepy. And it was when you saw the girl in her house smiling and she didn't actually jump at her. And she was just in a dark corner of her house. That was creepy. But, but you know what that was? Wasn't. That
1: that was hereditary. when Exactly. When she sees, Annie sees her mom in the corner of the attic, there's no noise or anything, just sees her.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, it, yeah. it was very much borrowing from like hereditary and it follows.
1: In the ring. I feel bad because literally, so my friend Miranda, who like we talk about movies and she goes sees movies in theaters and then it's really cool because they do like a weekly or it's like a bi-weekly horror movie night. So she was like, oh my god, I saw Smile, and it's the most fun I've ever had at at a theater in a while. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, in retrospect, I'm like, maybe they had like a really fun audience, because you know that can always elevate a horror movie if people are screaming and laughing and stuff. That's the one thing that can always elevate a film, is if you see it in the theaters and it has a really good audience. But she's like, yeah, you know, you know, it was the most fun I had at horror movie in years. And I was like, oh, okay, so I was really excited. And we're watching it in our living room. And literally, like, I, I'm a pretty jumpy person. Like, I hate jump scares, but they still managed to catch me off guard. I didn't jump one time during this movie. I predicted the majority of it. I don't know. just really- kept
0: looking away from the screen because I was, if I can know when it's coming, I just get annoyed by it. I'm like, I don't want to give you the satisfaction movie of jump scaring me.
1: It's also, this is a slight spoiler, but it's a mostly nihilistic film, which I don't have a problem with nihilistic films. Katie and me, as you guys have known before, sometimes, like, something will be a nihilistic ending. I'm like, I like it.
0: Yeah. If it's earned, that's fine. But this message, I don't really like the message of... I don't really understand what the message was supposed to be, because, like, the one thing I did like about it was that they were trying to use the fact that all of these people had experienced some kind of trauma in yeah. their past like they had it was almost like the um the thestrals in harry potter it's like you know you have to see someone die to uh see a thestral yeah in harry potter and it was almost like that like you could only like every almost everyone who had been cursed had seen something horrific happen in their past or some trauma and that's how the evil thing got into their brain or i guess in the first place like that's why they got picked to be the next victim i guess yeah but they didn't really do anything with the trauma because of how they ended the film yes and so i was like why introduce that because like the thing is like in hereditary it is kind of like that with hereditary trauma and hereditary mental illness and struggling with fate and struggling with the fact that like you can inherit something from your family and it can repeat a cycle of illness and abuse and depression and all that stuff. And I I guess hereditary is kind of nihilistic, but at the same time everything is foreshadowed throughout the whole movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? like it's it's like it's about fate, like they're it's about grief, it's about hereditary uh traits from your family. Like it is all about that and they do not pretend that it's about something else. Like they're very much like it's it's it does that from day one. This movie acted like it was gonna have like a powerful message of overcoming your trauma and then it didn't. Yeah. And I was like, well then why did we spend all that time? Also like it wasn't all this like lulls in between the jump scares wasn't ramping up to anything. Like I didn't like hereditary is longer than I always think it is because the way they ramp that movie up action wise like, they ramp it up, and then the first thing happens that really shocks everybody. And then they ramp it back up, and then it's like, once that fire starts, wink, wink, Yeah, it doesn't stop until the very end. And, like, that's why it's such a good movie to watch, because it's entertaining and you're thinking about, like, how it's a, a metaphor for grief and for mental illness and for familial trauma. I will trauma. say, something right.
1: very interesting about Hereditary and seeing that one in the audience. Because that one, I think, like, premiered yeah. at cons. And I was, like, following it. I was like, I have to see this movie. So we saw it opening night. It was a packed theater. But there were so many moments that the audience busted out laughing. And I was like, this isn't funny. Why are they laughing? And it's like, oh, shit, they're so uncomfortable. They don't know how to process the emotions or feelings like there's a scene and this isn't a spoiler peter like they have a seance and Peter busts out crying because he's so scared and the whole yeah. audience started hysterically laughing and I realized it was the uncomfortableness of seeing like a teenage boy so overtaken with fear yeah. that he was hysterically crying.
0: I will say also with Smile I couldn't tell. They had like comedic lines throughout it. They did. But like I could. I laughed a couple times but I was also like is it supposed to be funny because like the tone was very I think it is
1: and I think only the only reason we knew it was supposed to be funny was the delivery of the lines, I felt.
0: I just think the movie's kind of meh. So. Yeah. Uh, go watch it on Paramount+. Plus. I wouldn't waste your money seeing Smile unless it was in a crowded theater. Yeah, I feel that way too. And Taylor
1: liked it a, a little bit more than I did. He was like, I didn't think it was terrible. And I was like, uh, I don't think it was terrible. But yeah, if I had paid full price to see in the theater, I would be like, uh. But going back to the things that we uh, watched, I, uh, my brother-in-law was staying with us this past week he flew in from salt lake city utah <laughs> and uh so i hadn't seen my brother-in-law in six years and he's a couple years younger than my husband and we were talking about movies and he's like i don't really like scary movies and i'm like but you saw scary movies with oh. us he's like i did watch scary movies with you but they're not my favorite i'm like fair enough i was like what's your favorite and he's like comedy and so, we were looking for a good comedic movie to watch that neither of us had seen. And it just so happened that This is the End is now streaming on Netflix. Okay. And I never saw This is the End. I had neither. It's very, very meta. And yeah. even though it's a little dated in some place, because it came out like 12 years ago, it is really funny still. That's good. So, it's basically... Oh, my God. I just blanked on his Seth name. Seth He plays Hiccup. Okay. Well, yeah. Seth Rogen's in it. But... The main character is the guy who plays Hiccup in the How to Train Your Dragon series. He's like i uh, I've never seen brunette. That. He's kind of like lanky, tall. Jay Jay Burresel. Yes, yes, yes. Jay Jay. Yes. I think and I'm so mispronouncing like, his so- last
0: name. Burresel. He's in Burresel. In-
1: I think you're right. But it's so funny because literally, if you watch How to Train Your Dragon, Hiccup is him. Like they're just like he. Essentially, they. They animated and gave like the characteristics of him is Hiccup perfectly. Hiccup a I have not seen
0: the How to Train Your Dragon.
1: Hiccup is a human. He's a human. And then Toothless is his dragon. And I, if you guys can't tell how to train your dragon, How to Train Your Dragon and The Prince, Prince of Egypt are my two favorite uh, DreamWorks movies. Anyway, so Jay and like Seth are like best buddies. And Seth's like, we need to go to this party at James Franco's house. So they go to this party at James Franco's That's house. Michael 12. Sarah's there. Yeah. Oh, right. Michael Sarah's there, Rihanna's there, Craig, uh, Craig Thompson is there, hmm. Emma, Emma Watson is there. Like so, there's all these actors right. there, and then the Rapture starts right. happening.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I know the. And it's like, yeah.
1: but it's like, it's post-apocalyptic, which is admittedly like one of my favorite genres, but it's also comedy, yeah. and it's it's kind of stupid, but it's really funny. I, I actually that's really the liked tone it.
0: That don't look up wanted to go for, but they were too pretentious.
1: Maybe, maybe. I feel like I would
0: like. This is the end better.
1: I love meta things too, and it's so meta.
0: <laughs> I love that kind of shit. So I think we both got to watch a Christmas story, Christmas. Yes, I did. Which I gotta say, I was a little bit skeptical when I first heard they made another Christmas story sequel, and I was like, what? Because Christmas story 2 was not very good. But I did like my summer story, which was same characters, different actors. In a summer adventure. But the cool thing about this one is it was developed by Clay Cadis, who's the director. I'm sorry. The director is Clay Cadis. But it was developed by Peter Billingsley, who's the original Ralphie. Yeah. Nick Shank, who ended up writing it, and Vince Vaughn as a producer. And they... Um, basically, like, it's almost like a passion project. They used all of the original cast that was available. So, Ralphie, Flick, Schwartz, Randy, Scott Farkas, and Grover Dill are all played by the original actors. Yes. And the Gavin Mc... Um, Gavin Mc... What? Uh, Gavin... I can't remember his last name. Who The guy that played the dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he passed away in 2003. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. And Melinda Dillon, who played Ralphie's mom, retired from acting in 2007. So they replaced her with Julie Haggerty from Airplane. She's also played a lot of people's moms. Uh, She plays the mom in Just Friends, uh, Ryan Reynolds' mom. Yeah. She's very funny in that. She's she's a really good, like, funny mom. And they did her hair perfect. Like, she looks like Melinda Dillon's character. But I just, I, I was pleasantly surprised. I cried a little bit at the end. Wasn't too saccharine, but it was, like, it was nice because, like, A Christmas Story focuses on, like, the magic of the Christmas season as a child. Um, But this is, like, focusing on the stress of being an adult and trying to make Christmas magical for your family. And it's a very nice, like, other side of the coin. It's, like, it's a good, like, it's a good sequel because it's, like, telling a similar story from a different point of view. And it's Ralphie all grown up, and he's got kids, and then their family has a loss, and they're trying to make the perfect Christmas to, like, honor their loss. Yeah. But also, like, just life is throwing itself at Ralphie. And Peter Billingsley is still a really good actor. His voice is incredible. Like, I love his voice. He's been working in film for a while, I think. Like, but he's been doing a lot of background, which is, I think, why he and Vince Vaughn did this originally. Because I think, like, he's been working as, like, I want to say, like, a cinematographer for years? It's hilarious because other than Ralphie, I always think
1: of him as Miming and Elf, which is, like, a very bit part. But he's like, no, buddy, you're not a cotton-headed mini-muggins, like... I always think I of that part. I didn't even
0: realize that was Peter Billingsley. But his mm. eyes are still so blue.
1: They are. They're super, super blue. Yeah, he's the one that Buddy overhears that he's not an elf. And he has that great flashback of growing up and being like, oh. <laughs> oh man. Elf is my husband's favorite Christmas movie. So naturally, I've seen it every year. I, ha- I will admit real quick, I never seen Elf until I started dating my husband. And now it's one of my favorite Christmas films, too.
0: Oh, by the way, I, I correct, correction. Peter Billingsley has been directing and producing a lot of films. Oh, nice! And he has actually he's actually acted in a lot of stuff. I just feel like, like, he was a little bit under the radar.
1: I like how in this, like, in this, like, sequel, it's like, Ralphie is still very much, like, the child version of himself is that he has, like, these yeah. grand illusions of, like, how things are. happen. he's still Ralphie. Yeah,
0: it's really cute. He's still, he's, he still has, like, fantasy sequences and, like, and the thing is, like, there are a lot of throwbacks to the original movie, but it's not... The same thing over and over again. And I but but the thing is he's trying to recreate his Christmas child his childhood Christmases. So like it isn't it's like he tries so hard to like repeat the original movie, but he can't because like he like things are going wrong. And I like that about this one. So there's like it's a really good homage and it's like but it's its own story too.
1: But it's also and like it's I cu- like it. It's cute and it's simple. So it's like one of those movies, yes. like every great Christmas movie it's not like overwhelming to watch. Like, you can have a little right. hot chocolate and just tune in and turn off your brain a little while. And it's just sweet. Yes. And it's bittersweet at points, too. Yeah.
0: And it did make me cry.
1: Yeah. I surprisingly like did just... not cry at this one. So, which is I weird because
0: I usually cry at things. I Maybe I'm just really attached to a Christmas story. I am really attached to a Christmas story. It is one of my favorite films of all time. I cannot get through the Christmas season without watching it. It's Christmas Story, Christmas Vacation, Gremlins. Now, <laughs> and I mean those are the three main ones. Yeah, those are the three main ones. I want to watch Christmas Story, Christmas Vacation, and Gremlins. Yeah. And Gremlins didn't come until I was like a teenager, but still. Which is funny because they're all comedies. Yeah, yeah. Well, I like all of those, and I mean, I mean like, they're great. Oh, I all of them are great. I'm not a big fan of It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, I, I think love It's, it's a, a Wonderful Life, movie, but I hate. How depressing most of the movie is, so I can take or leave it. And all the other Christmas things I like to watch really are like television episodes. Yeah, of Christmas. Like Bob's Burgers always has a good Christmas episode. I will say Rugrats had some cute ones. Hey,
1: hey Arnold, Christmas! I've been watching. Every oh my year, god, yes, every hey year Arnold since Christmas. I was like eight or year, eight years old. Yeah, every year since I was like eight years old, I've watched Hey Arnold Christmas. Or Arnold's Christmas. That one makes me
0: cry every time. I do
1: cry. And Taylor points at me and laughs without Phil every year. But I do cry every year. he has no heart.
0: He I no mean. soul. So other than that Christmas movie, I did actually do my traditional watching of Best in Show because after the parade and the dog show, my family almost always watches Best in Show. And then, of course, I watched Waiting for Guffman. Aw. At some point because I had just done a show. And you have to you have to say when it's the day of the show, y'all. It's the day of the show, y'all. And then if something goes wrong, you have to Parker Posey. It's the day of the show, y'all. I love that show. It's so funny. I love Waiting for Goffman. and Best in Show. I love Best in Show too. You know, I ended up watching a bunch of Hallmark movies while I baked pies with my mom, and I watched a bunch of The Good Witch. Movies which are surprisingly not that bad for Hallmark movies. Like, they do a couple movie series, and the one with Candace Cameron Burr in it, where it's like the Aurora Aurora Tea Garden mysteries, is terrible. But the Good Witch ones are kind of cute, and like they're like the quality of like early 90s, like Babysitter's Club television series acting. Like, not great, but like entertaining and sufficient. And it was cute, but I actually watched. A Cookie Cutter Christmas, which I thought was going to be the stupidest thing. And it wasn't the worst, like, uh, Christmas movie ever. I was, like, surprised. And Holiday Engagement, which actually is really bad, but I've watched it a couple of times now. Because um, Shelley, not Duvall, Shelley Long is the mom in it. And then it's the, you know the guy who is Clark Griswold's co-worker? In Christmas Vacation? Yeah, yeah, He's like, well, I hope it's... Merry Christmas, Clark. That guy plays, like, the dad in it. Uh But then there's this weird sequence. It's like... Oh, and it's a Thanksgiving holiday movie. That's why I was like, if you you need a Thanksgiving movie for next Thanksgiving and you want to watch something stupid but it's not quite Christmassy, it's a little Christmassy, it's like this girl, her fiancé breaks up with her and her family hasn't met him yet. And so she hires an actor... To come with her to pretend to be her fiancé for Thanksgiving. And then they start decorating for Christmas. And then they sing. Okay, here's, okay, pet peeve though. They start, they sing Angels We Have Heard on High. Oh no. Ah, Yeah, Angels We Have Heard on High. They sing, they sing that song together at the piano and it's really cheesy. But they have okay voices, so whatever. But the thing that bothers me is in the, in the, Beginning of the movie, she's calling into a radio program to win a trip to a beat, it's win like a like a a, a a trip to Mexico or something for her honeymoon. And when they ask her what her favorite Christmas song is, she says, Gloria. And then she starts singing Angels We Have Heard on High. And I'm like, I know the chorus is Gloria, but there is no one who calls that song Gloria. The song is called Angels We Have Heard on High. I have never seen it written down. Gloria. Have you? I feel it like I have me. heard somebody reference that song as Gloria before. But that's not what it's
1: called. It's called Angels oh, We
0: Have Heard on High. I
1: believe you 110%, but, like, I think it's, like, if you, like, okay, so, like, if you heard a Fallout Boy song, you would not.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: like, uh, I was complaining about that last week other... to somebody. I was, like. Thanks a lot, Fallout Boy, for all of your stupid titles that don't have the chorus name in it. I'll never, ever
1: forget. So, there is a song by Fallout Boy called I'm Like a Lawyer with the Way I'm Trying to Get You Off. But Uh in the chorus, it says me and you, me and you, uh, like, setting in a honeymoon. So, like, in parentheses, they always have that song. It's like, I'm like a lawyer with the Way I'm Trying to Get You Off, parentheses, me and you. So. People are like, oh, it's that song. Anyways, did you start watching any Hallmark movies or whatever? I didn't. Um, It's really interesting. I don't really watch a lot of Hallmark movies. I don't have anything against them at all. Like, you know, because it's like my mom loves Hallmark Christmas movies. Um, I just, I tend to rewatch probably a lot of like the more traditional Christmas movies. And then like... I'll just try to check out new things. Like if someone's like, "Oh, like Die Hard." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Die Hard, obviously. But it's like someone's like, "You need to check out this TV series," and I'll try to. Especially if someone keeps talking to me about a TV series, I'll try to check that out too.
0: I like hate watch the hallmark christmas movies because usually they're very bad but i can laugh at them i
1: feel bad because we finished watching i don't oh, shit i forgot what movie we were watching i think it was love actually and we finished watching it i think it was like on peacock and they started playing this christmas movie i don't know what it was called but it was Meghan markle in it and then it was in Spanish. Like, it, it was, like, dub. Like, obviously, it was dub over in Spanish. I don't even know how we got on the Spanish section. But I sat there and mindlessly watched it for, like, 45 minutes before going, why am I watching this? And then <laughs> I I did turned it off and went to bed. But I did sit there and just stared It's at a real-life
0: princess. Speaking Spanish.
1: I mean, as soon as I saw that face over, like, the CGI, like, Colorado mountains,
0: I was like, that's Meghan Markle. So. I love how, like... Now you try to type in Meghan Markle on Google. It's like, Meghan, Duchess of Sussex. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that would be her. That would be her.
1: Basically, she met a guy at the wedding, and then he went to Can ask S- these people. Yes. Okay. Yeah. When sparks fly. That is whole. It's on Pluto TV, y'all. That's hilarious. Yeah, because it's like her boyfriend is like very traditionally handsome and he like works at a bar. And he's like, I just don't go to weddings. That's not me because people didn't ask me. I mean, he was saying all this in Spanish because it was like the dubbing. But he's like, when people, <laughs> uh, people are going to ask me when we're getting married next. And I just don't want to deal with those type of questions, you know? You know what?
0: I dated someone who said shit like that. It's just like... Oh. What? It's a, it's a it's a sign to get out of that relationship. I'm just letting you and, know. I
1: mean, I don't know the ending of the movie, but I have a feeling that's probably what happens, is that she gets... Well, with next it guy. looks
0: like she's taking pictures... There's a lot more pictures of her with the other dude, so I assume that she leaves that guy. Yeah. For a guy that wants to get married... Maybe this isn't it. A big city journalist is sent back to her small hometown. No, I don't think this is it. Turning home for the 4th of July, a woman learns that the man she loves is engaged to her best friend. No, that's not it. It has to be the other Hallmark movie, maybe. Oh, my God. Sorry, Ryan. You can probably cut the Meghan Markle. Dater's. Is it random encounters? (sighs) Or Dater's Handbook. Ooh. Wait, misunderstandings and mischances abound after two 20-somethings have a chance meeting in a coffee shop. Oh. Then later try to find each other It's again. Dater's Handbook. Dater's Handbook. Which is weird because
1: it looks like the exact same cast. Like, literally, if you, if you go to the picture. Wait, it
0: is! It's like the same cast. Yeah,
1: okay, because literally it shows on YouTube it's like, Dater's Handbook, starring Meghan Markle and Chris Offer, and it's literally the scene at the wedding, where they meet at the wedding.
0: You know what's really weird? They had the same picture be on both of them, but it is the same actors. Yeah. like that's, Oh my god, but different movies. They must have filmed them back to back or something. It's
1: Dater's Handbook, yeah. Because as soon as I saw like scenes from it, I was like, yep, that's the movie I was watching.
0: I love that there's... The, but It's two years apart. They were released two years apart. Do you think they used... Oh, no. It's slightly different actors. I think Google just put the wrong photo because uh, they're both Meghan Markle photos.
1: But on that note, I guess we're we're going to be wrapping up on things So we watch her. Is yeah, there anything... Think
0: with, it is time. It is time. Okay. So be healthy. Wash your hands. Take your vitamins. Get your boosters. Let us know what your favorite Christmas horror or non-horror movies are. You watch. Did you guys like Smile? Because we both didn't like it. So we're curious why it has a 79% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, Yeah. But yeah, that's all I have to say, I think. Yeah. And we'll see you all next week
1: yeah um thank you always for listening guys we appreciate each and every one of you the likes the comments the shares um the, i especially love the comments we had a few on krampus today that was really really nice i'm like oh
0: i'm just so happy <laughs> i know i feel bad because one of our listeners was like this movie makes me sad and i was like i feel that yeah that's legit
1: but yeah no. We appreciate each and every one of you. We love you very much. We hope you're having a great start to your holiday season. I know it's a rough time of year for a lot of people. On top of seasonal depression, shit just happens. It always seems like at the end of the year, stuff just happens. So, um, you know, if you need to talk to people. Reach out. Talk to someone. Don't suffer
0: alone. Yes. Um, I
1: think that's really important to say. Therapy's fun. Yeah, therapy's good. If you guys can do therapy, therapy's so important if you can't do therapy just text a friend and say hey do you have a couple minutes can we talk later it's just really important not to hold in your feelings and isolate yourself because especially when the sun goes down earlier we're not getting all that great vitamin d we're used to getting it not always good for your mental state of mind so but we love each and every one of you thank you so much again for being here and we just look forward to seeing you next time um same spooky time same spooky channel yes Stay Stay spoopy spoopy all. All.
0: Grindhouse Girls Podcast is a production by Katie Dale and Britt Ray. Our editor is N.R. Moody. All music used is royalty-free and can be found in our annotations. You can follow us on all of our socials. And if you have any comments, questions, or just want to say hey, our email is grindhousegirlspod.com. Thanks for listening. Sorry for sounding like the crypt keeper. No,
1: <laughs>
0: no, you don't sound like the crypt keeper. I guess I don't sound like the crypt keeper. You don't know. You know
1: no. you're that. You are not like that.
0: So uh, I sound like something. Something.
1: Uh, I sound like the ghost uh, in your garage. You do. You know? Like I walk in the garage, Katie's sitting there uh, what the
0: hell, Katie? <laughs> <laughs> with a sheet over me, just like. Uh. <laughs> what is happening?
1: <laughs> we're doing, we're, we're doing a sh- like Ryan's in the corner filming. <gasps> Hi, Brittany. No one told me about this. Oh my god!
0: Yep, that's that's happening. Yep.
1: <laughs> I mean, you guys could see it, right? You can all see it, so it's legit. It's legit. You're like I
0: was scared until I saw your feet underneath the sheet. Oh no. creeper,
1: creeper, Ooh. like a Doo. So. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, good night. Good day. (laughs) Bye. Bye.